very popular documentary on air last night, Guy and Espiner's uh, alcohol documentary called Proof. He says blackouts, bad hangovers and even an embarrassing incident with Helen Clark weren't enough to stop him drinking. But two years ago, he finally quit. Interesting, too, he says a line which I think is great. He says no one had ever asked uh, Guyan why he drank, but when he stopped drinking, everyone asked him why he didn't. So on the line with us is Guyan Espiner. Hello, kia ora, Guyan. Kia ora, e hoa. Really nice to talk with you guys. So a lot of people have been intrigued, fascinated, and uh, and I might say kind of educated by your documentary last night. What? Yeah. So clearly you, you you felt you had a drinking problem, did you? Yeah, I did. But wow, it took me a long time uh, to recognise that. And it's been fantastic listening to your cause uh, this afternoon. I've been listening for the last hour or so. Um, and so many stories um, resonating and, and, and similar kinds of experiences. I think um, it's something that I was I was really frightened to give away because and so I sort of uh, tried to deny to myself that, that I had this issue with it because it's such a massive part of life and, and so hard to envisage life without it that I, um, I wouldn't admit it to myself. Mm. Um, and, and it took me... I don't know, I reckon about 35 years of, of heavy drinking. I drank probably till about, well, from about 15 or so. Um, I gave up a couple of years ago and I was about 48. What would you term heavy drinking? Yeah, that's a good question because, I mean, we've all got different perceptions. I, I like that one about what's an alcoholic, oh, someone who drinks more than I do, mm. Um, mm. you know, as one definition of alcoholism. Um, so in my younger years, it was... Real heavy drinking, you know, we'd try and knock off a bottle of spirits on a Friday night. Mm. Um, in my later years, I think I formed those habits and then just, you know, it's a bit more refined as you get older, isn't it? You're, you're drinking a nicer bottle of wine or, you're, you know, you're, not, you know you're, you're drinking earlier in the, in the evening and you're not behaving in the same way, um, but it's the same pattern. But, yeah, it is important to talk numbers, so let's do that. In the later years, uh, um, a, a, a normal night drinking for me would be, you know, six strong beers or so and maybe half a bottle of wine, right. you know, something around that. Right. Is, is this on your own or with someone else or what? How would that yeah, work? No, just in social situations and parties. I mean, I, and on a big on a big night, it'd be it'd be well more than that. And I'd lose count yeah. and, and I'd lose track of what happened. Would you drink at home, though, on your own? Yep. Uh, sometimes. Yep, sometimes. Yeah. Um, if I if I happened to be home on a Friday or Saturday night, then I would, absolutely. Or if I was in a hotel. You know, I used to travel a lot back in the day with TVNZ. Um, if I was in a hotel um, studying for a Q&A interview the next day, I, I'd, I'd be drinking. Not not extreme amounts, but I would be, you know. I'd, I'd easily knock over half a bottle of wine, a couple of beers from the minibar, go down to the bar in the hotel, have a couple of beers. Um, just so ingrained. You know? I but found I found this a really an interesting discussion in the last hour, like you pointed out, Guy. And obviously, your documentary resonated, and for a number of years, I don't know why particularly, but I have been fascinated around the issue of alcohol. Probably because I enjoyed to have a drink, but I'm also pretty conscious of my health, and I'd started to read more and more reports about alcohol being related to various cancers and causal. And then I watched a documentary some years ago, maybe ten years ago. Nigel Latter did a documentary mm, on alcohol. Right. That was very very good. And the alcohol industry plays a very powerful part of this country's um, you know, fabric, doesn't it? And so why has no government been keen to take it on? Because clearly there's an issue there with the social consequences of drinking. But why are we, why are we if we really are concerned about mental health and just general health, alcohol is a real big contributor to poor health. Why are we so scared to take it on? 
Well, I reckon there's a couple of things going on there. One is just numbers, right? So, like, if you look at the sheer number of people who, who do drink, um, and look, I've got no problem with that um, at all, um, that when you, if you start to move and start to tighten things up or start to, to regulate more heavily, you risk the backlash. And there are famous examples back in history. You probably remember the black budget. Mm. Remember it. You might have mm. read about it. Yep. Um, 1958, the guy puts the price of booze up. Bang, it's a one-term Labour government. Yep. I mean, politicians are really frightened of, of, of touching or regulating alcohol. And it'll be fascinating to see what happens with um, Chloe Swarbrick's bill. She's got a bill in there which would tighten things up and I think take um, um, alcohol sponsorship out of sport. And I don't know, but if I was willing to bet, I, I doubt Labour or National will go near it. So what will these organisations, because, you know, there are a number of organisations that actually rely on kind of sponsorship and funding from alcohol companies, you know, and mental health, for example, receives funding, don't they, from from alcohol companies, breast cancer research, things it's like that. It's been done before. Tobacco was uh, used to be big sponsors of all sorts of things back in the day, Rothmans, Paul Mall and all that. Yeah. And what happened was that the government brought in, what was it called? Um... But but basically, the government would sp- took over the sponsorships. That's what happened, wasn't it, Kyle? Yeah, I th- well, you're absolutely right. I mean, we all remember the cricket fan back in the day, and there's been some hedges here. Mm. I mean, very yeah. fond memories of the boys in beige playing um, one-day cricket with the Benson Hedges series and stuff. But yeah, look, you know, they say the sky will fall in oh, without the tobacco sponsorship, and oh, the poor little guys will get hurt. But they won't. I mean, come on. I mean, look at they'll be lining up to sponsor the All Blacks if, if Steinlager wasn't able to do it. Um, I think it's about twenty million poured into sport from mm. alcohol sponsorship. I, I reckon there'd be there'd be companies lining up to to replace that um, money, no problem at all. Um, and, and part of the issue with that is just uh, it's just associating it with 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 heroes. I mean, if you mm. if you see that that your heroes in any sport you can name are sponsored by um, alcohol companies, that, that's just another part of of saying, look, this is the norm. Last thing before you go, because again, I, I find the discussion just intriguing because I don't see a way out of it, in that there is so much around alcohol, so many people drink, you'll always hear from alcohol companies, you know, oh, why penalise just the mum and dad drinker who can handle their booze, who don't cause a problem, why should they suffer by paying increased taxes or increased prices for their alcohol? But until we do that and make it less available, again, it's hard to say this without sounding like a wowser because I still, I mean, I enjoy a glass of wine, but the fact is when booze was put into supermarkets, drinking went up exponentially, didn't it? There's a, there's a text here, Guyant says, in Umu, a very small town, eight bottle shops, and the biggest department in all, three supermarkets, is the alcohol department by a large margin, and you can get it in most dairies. There's the problem, isn't it? Availability. Yeah, I mean, price, availability and marketing are the three big things that anyone will tell you about who's researched this stuff. And look, I'm not coming for anyone's booze or, or, or saying that they should drink less, but my, my, the, the, the major, if they're comfortable with it, right? I think that's the key thing, if, if they're cool with it. And I think it's great, Simon, that you have, have, have a glass of wine. I'd do that too, mate, if mm. I could. I never could. I couldn't quite ever have a handle on it. Mm. My main message is make it, make it easier for people who choose not to drink. You know, I've heard so many callers, and I think James mm. has this too, say, hey, look, you know, I go to a social situation and people are really at me about why I'm not drinking. Mm. Make it more, make it cooler and make it more accessible and make it um, easier for people who, who don't want to drink. Make that more of an available option. And to me, the main thing there is the marketing. If you see it everywhere, if it's associated with every event from a birth, a death, a marriage, an engagement, the, the birth of a baby, the getting of a job and losing of a job, 
you know, if it's associated with everything like that and your sporting heroes, it's seen as a weird thing to do not to drink. Mm. And so that, that's my main thing. It's a, it's a cool option not to drink if you want to, and we should make it easier for people to pursue that. that that's mm. that's my, my main message. Hey, just one more thing, Guy, and if you wouldn't mind. Uh, one, of, one of the reasons that you are quoted as saying uh, why you gave away alcohol was an embarrassing incident with Helen Clark. Can you tell News Talk ZB listeners what that was? Yeah, sure. Um, um, if, if they can promise me to go to rnz.co.nz and have a, have a watch of the documentary, I'd like to put that in, James. <laughs> yep. um, yeah, no, look, look that, was, that was one of many. I've got some other stories too, um, that, which I might tell at some point. Um, probably won't embarrass anyone else. But yeah, no, I, was, it was, um, I, I had to work hard, play hard. Think everyone knows what I mean when I say that, eh? Because that's mm. a big thing in the mm. culture. You work hard and then you get, then you get drunk, frankly. Mm. Mm. And we were in Antarctica, we were doing that, we were filming, and um, we, we did some good stories with Ed Hillary and stuff. And I hit the I hit the booze hard in the Scott Base bar, uh, too hard on this occasion, and um, went to sleep um, with a sort of glass of wine at my fingertips, um, sort of spread eagled out on the couch. Um, and all the dignitaries came out the next morning, you know, Sir Ed Hillary, Chief of Defence Force, Helen Clark, and, and a few others, mm. and um, saw, saw this uh, rather uh, overworked and uh, over-lubricated uh, over journalist, um, you know, spread eagled on the couch. I mean, you know, sort of embarrassed myself in front of probably the, <laughs> the greatest living New Zealanders <laughs> at the time. Mm, yeah. <laughs> well, there's one good reason to give up, guys. <laughs> That's a good one. <laughs> Well, thank you very much for your time, Matt, and thanks for your work on the documentary. Yeah, very, man. very good. You can see that docker on YouTube and also on TVNZ On Demand right now if you missed it last night. And thank you, guys, um, for your interest and for a really good discussion this afternoon. I've really enjoyed it. So, so thank, thank you for that. Appreciate, Appreciate it very more. much.